0: So just one of the uh, little bits of history, and we'll give some history to this industry for people who are new. Amy Luby is the only person I know who has been like too bad for New Orleans. Got kicked out of a bar in New Orleans.
1: <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinschek, James Kernan, Amy Luby, and Carl Polichuk, produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts technology community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm Carl, joined by the whole team this time. So we're not always going to be all available, but as the year begins, I think we don't have anything else to do. So oh, man. The, the, Amy's <laughs> here, Amy's here, James is here. Uh, how are you guys all today? Good, 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 yeah, good. Great. So Amy Babinchak will let you kick off because you have a new peer group and it, it's kind of urgent in the sense that folks have to join in January. Tell us what you're up to over at Third Tier.
2: All right. So over at Third Tier, I have offered to create a new peer group and we'll see if enough folks want to join and do it to make it happen because, and this starts with my, my MSP Harbor. um, We've decided to double the size of the company and we did this a few years ago and we accomplished it in 18 from 600,000 to 1.2 million. And this time we're going to go from one and a half million to 3 million. And so I, you know, there's a, process for doing that, and it's a huge amount of work and commitments to uh, to make that happen in a relatively short time frame, and so, uh, you know, as I'm preparing all the materials and doing all the things, and, um, you know, I run a couple other peer groups, and this the topic comes up a lot, and it comes up across the whole community of, you know, how do I how do I grow my business right? How do I meet people? How do I get them to sign my contracts? How do I how do I advertise right? How do I do all this stuff? And I'm, I was thinking, well, this is exactly what I'm going to be doing, and I've done this before, and it was successful, and so I know that I will be successful at doubling the business again. Um, and so I thought. Well, let's see if anybody else wants to join in and follow along and support one another as we go through the process. And I will be sharing and teaching absolutely every single thing that I do in the process of doubling the size of the MSP.
0: And are you looking for um, five members, 10 members, 100 members, Uh (laughs) 10,000?
2: Looking for a small number of people, right? This should be in a pretty intimate group of people that are seriously committed. Um, the group will run for one year only. We'll we'll meet every month. I, you know, like I said, I will teach all the details of every single thing that I am doing to grow to grow the business. And so I expect people will tweak that information, follow along, do it, share with the others, report their successes, their failures, their challenges. And we will all grow our businesses together in this process.
0: So the, um, the 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 process of doubling your business sounds, especially if you're already at 1.5, sounds like a very daunting task. Uh, are you approaching it as no, it's just a task?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is just a task, right? Um, it, but it is a lot of work, right? And so this is, you know. This is me doing it. This is owner-led business growth, which is typically how it happens in the in the small MSP world, right? We don't go out and hire salespeople. And, you know, we get down and do the work ourselves. So, you know, so it's me buying the ma- mailing list and you know determining who should be on the mailing list and who our targets are and designing the, you know, we're gonna we're gonna actually. We're doing something that we've done before to be successful, and that is that we're we're holding um, we're holding in person events, and we're inviting business owners to come attend it. So we've got um, networking. We're starting up a networking group, right? And we've got 12, one each month, 12 editions 12 in different areas around town that we're meeting and inviting business owners to come and you know come and ask IT any question you have, right?
0: <laughs> oh, so you're yeah. going to do 12 events. Last yeah. time, I think you did one big, big event.
2: Um, well, we did we did big training events. So we're still going to do our big training events. Because the goal is bigger this time, we're also going to do these networking events. So, uh-huh. so the first kickoff are the networking events, you know, and that involves, right, buying the list and finding your targets and connecting with them on LinkedIn and starting the conversation, sending out the postcards. First, you got to design the postcards, stamp and mail the postcards, you know, it's a whole bunch of steps all along the way. And you have to do all the things and you have to do it every day. Um, It's a huge commitment. And if you don't commit yourself to this is something that I'm going to do every day, then you'll, you'll never reach that goal. And that's part of the purpose of the peer group is to have other people to hold you accountable. Cause when you show up to the meeting and, you know, tell us what you did last month and what you've accomplished and what your results were um, you know, and so people are going to be expecting to hear that. And that helps us all sort of stay on track.
1: Amy, I think this could be super powerful. I the majority of MSPs that i talk talked to just in my career path who who maybe are complaining or saying, hey, I'm not seeing the growth that I want to see. If I ask, what does a day in a life look like for you? And they walk me through their day. I'm like, there's almost zero sales activity going on there.
2: Right. So this yep. this
1: is powerful.
2: Yeah. And it's part of the process. In my mind, it's part of the process of actually becoming the business owner rather than the lead tech in your company. Right? Everybody needs to graduate from lead tech to business owner. And that's a huge transition. And if you haven't made that transition, growing your company and being able to focus on the sales and marketing your business is extremely difficult to do. Um, You know, some of my, some of my sales process is about not having a salesperson. So, um, you know, I use a lot of shotgun approach things so that the people on the recipient end can self-select without, without me having to do a huge amount of, you know, in-person sales calls. Um, So there's a mix of some of that stuff in there as well.
3: Is it focused on, on smaller MSPs then?
2: I think the, I think the majority of MSPs are small, honestly. Yeah, And um, yes, you know, the people that don't have a sales and marketing person on staff that they're, you know, it's a, it's, it's for the, the owner led, Salesperson. Right? Yep, that's
3: good. And then, are you going to go into other things like operations and and scaling the business and process and tools, or is it really one hundred percent focused on just the sales and marketing side?
2: This is going to be focused a hundred percent on the growth side of things. Got right. It. I've got okay. a couple other peer groups, and in those peer groups, it's more sort of an open format, mm-hmm. but the conversation over there is often about operations and how to be more efficient and how to, you know, as things grow and evolve. But this is right. really just a focus, you know, follow me. I will teach you all the things that I am doing that will double my business and will double your business.
0: So Amy Luby, the, when you said that you're, every time you talk to people and and over the last, you know, so many years, I thought you were going to say they all want to know the the first question in their lives is how can i get more customers how can i get more sales <laughs> right
1: well, uh, yeah they ask that question but when you when you dig in they're not doing the things right and there's i mean the things aren't hard but you have to do them every single day
0: right. yeah they're, every- they're not difficult but they are for most of us they're distasteful please give me some of your money please can i have some of your money now how about now <laughs>
1: <laughs> right well to the point where i see i see many um and i don't even know if this is msp specific um but many small business owners who who do have a distaste for anything that looks sounds like sales they'll outsource you know they'll pay thousands a month for an seo company and a cold calling appointment setting service and all these things <clears throat> And expect these leads to come raining in, yeah. And you say, and, and they'll complain. God, I spent you know seven thousand dollars a month on this or that, and like, okay, well, who's your ideal client? Oh, well, what do you mean? Well, right. of course, if if you can't even say my ideal profile that I'm going after is X, how are these outsourced companies going to be able to perform for you anyway? Because they're not. You know, they're just going by what you're managing to. But and then I get, know,
0: then I get to complain that the leads aren't good.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, leads or, or, suck. Or. There's only one a month or whatever, and they never turn into a sale. There's so much more involved with that than just a lead coming to your inbox. Um, so yeah,
2: it's the a different kind of lead inbox. than what we're used to dealing with, too. Right. Typically, when an MSP goes out. they have a lead and they go out and they talk to somebody. It's a warm referral from a client or it's somebody you met, right? This person is ready to talk to you about signing on. That's what we, that's, that's what we want to generate. And so my technique is to try to generate more of those things, right? Um, And it's, is by leading with the relationship that's, how I how I do it. The way that the calling firms do it is more the traditional sales, right? I got a hundred phone calls I have to make today, 10 of those are going to answer the phone, two of those I'm going to be able to schedule a meeting with. It's like, yeah, but you didn't actually, but we don't even know that they're ready to to buy or to talk to us or, you know, the, the leads are generally pretty weak. You know, they're, they're cold call sales leads. They're not the kind of leads that a non-professional salesperson knows how to turn into a sale. And we're all non-professional salespeople.
0: Except for James.
2: Except for James. Except for James. One one thing
3: I wanted to jump in and add to this, uh, kind of to a- Amy Luby's point was, you know, people will try marketing and, and oh, this sucks. It's too expensive. And the worst thing is they stop. You know, oxi- you know the marketing is the oxygen in your business. And uh, Amy, what I like, what you're doing is it's a 12-month program where you're going to be talking about marketing every week, every month, every quarter. You're doing it constantly. And it drives me crazy when I see people start marketing and then stop, start and then stop. And then it's, you know, marketing is like, uh, you know, think of that big jumbo jet going down the runway. You know, you can't start and stop, start and stop. Pretty soon you're going to run into the fence and go in the river, right? So uh, crash and burn. And it just needs to be consistent, is my point. Marketing is easy. You just have to be in the right place at the right time. And you've got to communicate in multiple different ways. So, well, and you know,
0: the old adage that Half the money I spend on marketing is no good. I just don't know which half. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: that's why you have to track what you know what you're doing, right? What the results yeah. are, what's working, and what doesn't. So,
2: yeah, um, I always tell game. people like if you don't, if if you don't do your marketing every day, right? For each for each week that you don't market, you get to start all over again. Right. Exactly. Like, you're constantly starting from zero because. It's all about momentum. And if you're not building that momentum, which for us is nurturing these relationships that we've created, um, you know, then you're back at zero, just like you said, it's, you know, zero, one percent, zero, one percent, zero, one1%. That's never, ever, ever going to be successful. But James, I know you've got excellent peer groups as well. So we both run, peer, we both run some peer groups you're the, you're the professional sales guy. So what's unique about your groups?
3: Um, So it's similar to what you're talking about. You know, one key word you used, Amy, that I think is important. And I just want to emphasize it again is accountability. You know, it's lonely at the top. Most small business owners go off on their own because they're tired of someone else yelling at them, right. Telling them what to do. So they go form their own company, you know, over 50 percent of msps are all under five employees so they're owner-led just like you were talking about but i think everybody needs accountability you know even us coaches that's why we meet like this and we hold each other accountable and share ideas and you know there's no one person that knows everything so the the peer groups that we have it is very sales it's growth oriented right so we put together plans we hold each other accountable on a weekly basis but one other thing, that's why I asked the questions I did. to me, it feels like growing your business is the easy part. It's all the other stuff that comes around it, you know of hi, you know hiring great people and retaining them, you know, compensation plans, keeping people motivated, right and keeping them trained. Um, you know, teaching them customer service skills and then what tools are the right tools for my business as we're as we're doubling or tripling or quadrupling, the number of employees and it's that other growth stuff that comes along with um uh you know up scaling your business that's important so we we kind of run our uh meetings like eos meetings so you know i'm i'm an eos guy we take that eos approach and implement that as really the structure or the blueprint around how to grow your business so uh it's it's similar to what you talked about, Amy, and I know you do a lot of operations in the back end and uh, some of your other groups, so Absolutely. I think we kind of combine both of those in in ours. and we've got a really cool event coming up. uh some of the events we typically hold uh quarterly events, kind of like road shows going around the country, and all the members just kind of pick fun areas where it'd be fun to go visit, right New Orleans or Miami or you know, cities like that. Um, The first one's going to be in Orlando, uh, March 30th and 31st for Q1. And looking forward to that. And instead of having it like at a convention hall, we're actually having it inside the new Threat Locker offices in Orlando. So um, uh, it's going to be a behind the scenes tour. We're going to be there for two days. It's March 30th and 31st. So Uh, That's exciting. And then we're going to go to other cool locations like that with other strategic partners each quarter. And one of them is even going to be on a cruise. So uh, we're trying to make 2023, now that uh, people are out at more face to face events, we're going to just try to make more of an experience of it. So, and that's where, you know, I think those events to me are icing on the cake because that's really where you create that strong bond. And many of our members have been together for a long time. So, we try to mix business with pleasure, if that makes sense.
2: Cruises in this industry. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, there's a history
0: of going to Florida. Everybody <laughs> has to go to Florida uh, at least once.
1: What, what there, was there. the conference in uh, New Orleans? New Orleans. The, that yeah. was the first cruise I can remember. Jeff yeah, Middlepiece.
2: Yeah, yeah. I went on two cruises with that. It was a lot of fun. So your 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 group is will have a good time with that. Thank you. Super
1: powerful. You know, you said it's lonely at the top Um, to have the, to create the space for business owners to find cohorts, you know, peers Mm -hmm. that they can share with um, is super powerful. So Mm -hmm. um, really interesting what you're doing. By now you've heard of the National Society of IT Service Providers,
0: but why should you join? The NSITSP is committed to transforming our industry into a profession. They've established an industry-wide code of ethics and are working to improve the reputation of IT consultants nationwide. Wherever anybody is talking about IT consultants, NSITSP wants a seat at the table. That includes the media, government regulators, and the general public. Take pride in your industry and show off your membership. Join us today at NSITSP.com com. Other topics. So I, I've been playing with a toy called Tolstoy and uh, we'll put a link to the uh, product I came up with. But um, this is kind of an interesting marketing tool. And so I actually would love to hear uh, your feedback on whether it's the right thing for our market. I, I have to confess that even though I have gone all in on video, I hate learning from video. I don't mind making it, but I'm a very fast reader and uh, video is approximately the slowest way that I could learn anything. And I see why people are tempted to uh, get bored and not want to see anything longer than one second. Uh, But the Tolstoy tool, basically, you create a series of videos and you have to make a fairly complicated tree. So, for example, the first video might be, hey, so you're thinking about uh, talking to somebody about IT, uh, what's your primary concern? And then you would have like three options appear on the screen, and people say, "Oh, my my primary concern is, you know, dealing with employee turnover." Okay, great. So employee turnover, and then you have a video that addresses how we can help you, uh, you know, save money when you've got a large turnover. And then it says, "So do you want to do this by which method? A, B, or C?" And then that gets to another video, um, and the idea is to basically. Get them onto your site to stay on your site, and this would be embedded in a page where there's links to make an appointment, send me an email, <laughs> right? engage you know uh, in a, uh, a network assessment or whatever. and um so, what do you guys think of the the concept of that? And it's to just so you know it like the paid version starts at like twenty dollars a month, which is I think all any MSP would ever need.
2: I am super excited about this. I saw your video that you did for the NSITSP and um, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how MSPs need to put a buy now button on their website. And I, I have a lot of, I know the reason for it and all that stuff, but I have a lot of concern about that because of the relationship style selling that I like to do. And, you know, and the the type of client that I'm looking for appreciates that relationship. So a buy now button doesn't jive, right? That jives with, hey, you want a laptop? Click here to buy it. You know, that's not what we do. So, but this, if I could take a person who is browsing around on MSP websites to figure out who they're going to call to, you know, who's going to be the three firms that they talk to. If I could get them into that video funnel on my website and sort of talk them through that process of self-selection, like, you know, here's what we're about. What are your concerns, A, B, or C, you know, blah, 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 and, and almost talk them through a little mini meeting and then have a buy now button or, you know, click here to sign the contract, <laughs> Um I think this I think this might be the ticket of being able to actually put something that jives more with who MSPs are.
0: Well, and I think it's it's kind of a funnel, but it's not like a classic funnel that says, oh, you know, offer them a $2 item and now you've got their credit card, and then offer them the $1,000 item. And oh, that's too much. Okay. Then offer them the $100 item and, you know, that sort of up, down, up, down funnel that right. engages you, but it's all about the money and not about the actual uh, problem or concern or relationship. So, uh,
2: yeah, this could be like the funnel of I want to talk to some MSPs. And I've come to your website because you look like you're in my area or whatever. And then you can sort of like take their vague notion of wanting to hire an MSP and funnel it down into, oh, I want to hire you.
0: right. But well, you could also have a page that that even before you begin the the individual funnels, you say, you know, here are the primary, f- whatever, four reasons people engage in MSP, which one appeals to you most? And they start with that video. That way you don't have to go one layer up because as you imagine, the ABC tree can expand to a massive amount of complexity. The good news is once you create a part, like if you've got a thing that's about um, uh, the tools we use, that might be part one of one video and part 17 of another video, right? So you can reuse the parts whenever you choose.
3: I, I like it. I like it. You know, an important piece to what you guys are talking about is people do business with people and you need that relationship element. But, uh, you know, as you as you personalize it and and uh, the way you described it, I'm I'm excited about it. I, I like well, it.
0: Well, we'll put up the example. And then when we're done, everyone will be a member of NSITSP because it will be so, so effective. <laughs>
2: So on my radar is the speculation on whether or not LastPass can make it through mm-hmm. this most recent breach that they've had, because the breach before this one was into their source code, and then this one is somebody using that source code to access customer data, and. if there's talk about a breach of trust or a product that's entirely built on trust, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really worried about Mm. them. Whether Mm. that's a survivable thing. I mean, for any business, think about, you know, think about that situation for any type of business and how, how dire that is.
1: I think they'll, in my opinion, there's a lot of lack of transparency of, of what's going on, right? And I get the process right. I get the incident response process. I understand legal ramifications, but at the same time, um, they're eking out very little information, and it's very generic. And that, to me, is is the most damaging thing you could do from a trust level. Right. Um, if there's been a, a, you know, any kind of a breach, okay, what was it? How did it happen? What are you doing to fix it? And what do you, have you done to prevent it going forward? I think we would all like to know that mm-hmm. very clearly. Um, so that's, that's my major, I think, frustration right now with the whole situation, um, is that transparency
3: that's a great that's a great point, Amy. Because you know, without that transparency and just direct communication, you get little snippets of this and that. And then people start assuming the worst, right? And uh, it's I'm I'm concerned for their overall well-being. You know, it's uh, you, you lose that trust, and then things are different.
0: Moving I think forward. this is an opportunity for us to revise or at least tune up our messaging to end users. I think that. We as an industry have <laughs> pretty much failed. Uh, our, our our end users are tired. Like we we warned them about passwords and viruses in 1995. And then we've just amped up the volume every year since then. And they don't understand any of this. This is all, you know, want, 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 right? I have no idea what you're talking about, except we need to be careful. Yes, we'll be more careful. Um, they... They don't know what the name of their password vault is, right? They now, I mean, I literally see things in the news that are like a uh, uh, Bloomberg was asking, um, is it safe to keep your data in the cloud? Like, that's the question that they got out of this because LastPass is cloud-based. You know, it's just, it's absurd and <clears throat> our clients read that, right? And then, and then they say, oh, you know, now you're going to tell me I have to do this or I have to spend more money. And um, you know we need to do messaging that makes people understand and feel like they can actually trust us. Like we will put you in a decent product, and you know we'll show you how to use it right. Because ultimately, uh, the data from LastPass is encrypted, but if you've got the data, you can beat against copies of that for the rest of eternity. So, right? And 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 then people go online and they say, well passwords are a thing of the past and you should completely uh, get away from them. It's like, okay, but I have a thousand applications that require a password. So, you know, that advice isn't very useful. And yet that's the kind of thing that the security wonks want to put up on the internet. And then their clients are like, I can't get away from passwords because, you know, everything that I use from Yelp to Google wants a password. Right. So I think we need to be clear with our clients about what they can actually do to to be safe and secure, feel feel secure.
1: Maybe this is the last bastion towards helping all of us to stop talking about tools and start talking about behaviors and other things that you can be doing. Um, I mean, if I'm recommending any password manager, it doesn't matter. I'm going to look like a fool mm-hmm. when they get breached or any other tool, right? Um, so, so maybe we need to, to, to really get away from this whole idea that it's tools that make us an MSP.
2: Well, we definitely need to get away from the idea that tools make the MSP. I'm 100% behind that. But at the same time, man, if you don't have a password manager, it's impossible to use complex passwords in the way that they need to be used today. And I've been very saddened to see um, some of my peers recommending that you store your password manager database on your own computer. It, now, that may work for them personally, but I can tell you that's not going to work for all the users in all of the companies that I that my MSP supports. We're gonna you know, they're going to expect us to, if we move to a tool like that, they're going to expect us to protect it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're going to end up with password databases on every machine in the company. That's a, that is a nightmare, right? <laughs> I mean, talk about waiting for a loss to occur. Yeah, Somebody that's forgets. the next
0: juicy target.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, kidding. Somebody, yeah, it's not like my, it's, you know, it's not like they're their computer is any more secure than, yeah. you know, than a, a service in the cloud. It just isn't. And they might be a smaller target, all of these PCs all over the place. But the first time somebody's computer goes off to recycling and someone forgot to copy the database over to their new computer, now they've lost their 500 passwords. Who are they going to point the finger at? That will be you, right? It's not a good idea.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's concerning, you know, the, the thing I'm biggest, you know, my my primary concern about this whole thing is really, you know, what happened to honesty and integrity? Right. And and again, it's just not our industry. And I, I don't want to pull this down a whole rabbit trail, but you know, when I look at what we do as professionals for the end users, it's people, process, and tools. People, process and tools. And back to the people element of the core values of us as either spokespersons for our business or just the simple communication. I get people putting positive spin on thing or your marketing message or whatever. But uh, again, back kind of to Amy Luby's point, you know, you you know, to me, it seems like a lot of integrity and honesty just kind of is disappearing in our society today. And, um, you know, my uh, concern is, you know, when has that ever been acceptable, you know, and, uh, you know, we need to just be honest with our clients to build that trust. You know, people, people will never buy from you as a sales professional if they don't like you and trust you. Okay. And it it doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't happen on a, on a website. You know, you need to get face to face and build that relationship. Uh, And when you gain that trust from someone, you need to protect it. And cherish it. Uh, so, you know, I'm, uh, you know, it's just another example uh, to me of a, of a lack of integrity and poor communication, and maybe even a little dishonesty. So, well, clearly,
0: we expect good messaging, and you know, I mean, LastPass, and and I and I don't want to pick on them specifically, but you know, vendors in general, they, you know, they put stuff on their blog when something happens. But if they put it on their blog four months late and right before the Christmas <laughs> holiday,
3: you know,
0: so it gets lost in the news, uh, that's that's just not uh, a great way to operate. So, uh, well, we shall see. I, I think it's important that people talk to their clients and say, "Look, whatever tool you use, it doesn't matter. You will be breached. So the the, the question is, what are you going to do?" To secure everything as much as possible. And what's your response? You know, back in the days when people would store their passwords in Excel spreadsheets or Word documents, um, they never lost them. And the reason they never lost them is because they had a copy on the server and a copy on their desktop and a copy on, on some you know CD that was in the server, and on and on and on. They had multiple copies of them, so they're Various versions of old password files were absolutely everywhere. So they never lost everything. <laughs> but today, that's just a matter of like, oh my, if you know that's what people are doing, just go dig into every little machine you can find. So, yeah. and I'm sure the bad guys were already doing that. So, you know, so it's not like I'm giving them any ideas. <laughs> I, I just want to mention my state of the nation address. Uh, has been at at the time that this comes out, it it will have been posted and it's over at mspwebinar.com. That's a singular webinar, mspwebinar.com.
3: Yep. I just want to encourage everybody, make sure you've got your goals in place and a plan to adjust of what's going on in the economy in 2023. And if you need a, a business planning template, I've got the Kernan Consulting, one-page business plan. I'll happily share with anybody that reaches out to us free of charge. Uh, it's just a simple exercise, take you about 15 minutes. And um, uh, just email james at kernanconsulting.com. And I'm happy to share that with everybody.
2: I love the idea of a one-page business plan. That's, <clears throat> that's great. But business Nobody does a business plan because they're too complicated. Right. I I love the one pager idea. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Something I learned, you know, in our industry, everything has moved so fast. And uh, several times when I was speaking on stage, I'll I'll ask, I go, who here in the audience wants to pay me $10,000 to write a 50 page business plan? And then when no hands go up, right, I'll say, okay, well, I just wanted to ask that question first, because I'm going to give everybody for free a one page business plan, because nobody has the patience you know, for a fifty-page business plan, it just takes too long, and uh, it's a real simple exercise. My joke is, it my exercise is three pages long, so it takes me three pages to explain how to do a one-page business plan. <laughs> but it's only because I give an example at the end, <laughs>
1: right? Well, it's incredible focus, right? Which is yeah. sometimes hard to do as a business owner. There's so many things yeah. to do, and get it down in one page. That's amazing focus.
0: Yeah, I was in a mastermind group uh, with Jim Haran, the author of the original one-page business plan book, and uh, he he lamented that it was sort of like he had this one really great idea and it made him a bunch of money. Then he tried to write all these other offshoot books, and none of them sold very well because you know when you have a really clear, simple idea that's super successful, uh, you're kind of done, you know. So yeah. anyway, he's. He's passed now, but uh, it, it's a very powerful concept, uh, and it and it's actually harder than it sounds because um, you have to boil things down. Uh, you know, Amy talked earlier about you know you got to find out who your client is before you can market to them. Uh, that's also true with your business plan. You have to have some idea what you're doing. You can't just say this year I'm going to grow by four oh, percent. Oh, okay, that's not useful. <laughs> Very good. We're done for the day, and we will see you next week. Please like and share, subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and tell your friends about the reboot. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB, SMB Community, Community Podcast. Podcast. If you found Thank this you all, useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com dot com and give us your feedback.